Hi, this is Pete Chianka from Blogness on the Edge of Town. And when I'm not blogging about Bruce Springsteen or writing my comic strip pet peeves, I am listening to Set Lusting Bruce, my favorite Bruce podcast, and really the only one worth listening to. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and I am back with one of my favorite guests. He would uh, have to be on the Set Lusting Bruce Hall of Fame, uh, my buddy Jay. How you doing? Great, Jess. I, I am great. I'm I'm flattered. I'm honored. I'm, this is the first Hall of Fame I've ever been inducted on, so I appreciate that. Yeah, we, um, you know, we're back after we recorded last time a pretty heavy Thunder Road discussion. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yeah, uh, it was phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. I had such a such a good time uh, the last time I was on. Yes, and um, so we've gotten some nice feedback, um, you know, and I, I was telling Jay before we started recording, you know, I went to everyone I could find to get this out. I was so proud of it. Um, we actually had a poll, and I had asked – by the way, I have to tell you this story, Jay. Um, I went to hear Thunder Road, which is the Bruce Springsteen cover band here in Dallas, okay. and my uh, my wife – her sister and her sister's husband, the four of us went, and they are casual Springsteen fans at best. Um, but they had a really good time. They, they're, they're a really good band, and the lead singer doesn't try to sound like Bruce. They just musically they sound like the E Street Band, but he just sings, and it was really good. And so at the end of the show, I was talking to a couple of guys, and I said, "Man, I got an episode coming up." On set, Leslie Bruce, you're going to love. And they said, oh, really? And I said, yeah, um, I have a guy, and we do nothing but talk about Thunder Road. Wow. I said, and he asked me a question I've never thought of. Does she get in the car? And he looked, and he goes, I've never thought of that. (laughs) Hey, Mark. (laughs) And he turns to one of the, the keyboard. Hey, Mark, what do you think? Does Mary get in the car? Well, of course she gets in the car. He said, I, I never thought of that. That's great. I said, well, I said, you should need to listen to the episode. So, um, That's awesome. Yes. So, I, I you know, we, ha- we had it. Um, by far, our audience are optimists. Okay. Uh, 93.3% okay. of the people who voted said yes. Okay. She got in the car. 6.67% said no. She did. Okay. All right. So, okay. Well, that's good. We got a lot of optimistic people out yes. there. That's good. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, you know, and hey, I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an English literary teacher. You, you know, we're we're kind of a pessimistic breed, I think. Um. Well, and you know, there's something about, um, you know, we talked a little bit about this, but you know, if Rick got the girl in Casablanca, would it be a classic? You know, right, 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 right. Yeah, right. I mean, there is, there's something about that. Um, so, um, very good and wonderful. Yeah. Um, did you make a book signing? Uh you know what? Um, 
I tried uh, to get tickets for him to see him in Philly. Yeah. And um, the website shut down. Okay. And it just it just it conked out, and uh, I wasn't able to get any tickets. So. Okay. No, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to. Uh, I am reading Born to Run though. Uh, I'm, how about you? Are you reading it? I am. I just reached. I was. That was my next question. I just reached the point where he they had did the reunion tour. I'm getting close to the end, and uh, he talked the story of uh, 41 shots. Okay. And he did not spend as much time on Land of Hope and Dreams, which I guess isn't as controversial, but he spent a lot of time on 41 Shots, which may make a neat episode sometimes to compare those two songs because he yeah. wrote them at the same time. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, how far are you? Yeah, you're, you're way ahead of me. Uh, okay. I am about like 200 pages. He's just heading back out west for the second time. Okay. Um, so, uh, I, I, I'm a little bit, I read a lot, but I'm a bit of a slow reader and, yeah. and, you know, I found myself as I was reading the, the early parts of the book, uh, and I knew you and I had this episode coming up where yeah. like, I just stopped reading and then I like went on the internet and I, I went to YouTube and I started looking up songs and listening to songs and, yeah. you know, what, what I think is really cool about it is, I mean, his, his voice, uh, comes through and you, you know, you've seen him live you've you've heard him tell stories live and and i feel like at times i mean he's i feel like he's talking to you you know and and i think that's that's the mark of a good writer um and and you can just hear his voice in his in his sentences and it's it really is really is good i really like it you know and i'm not just saying that because i'm a bruce guy but it's just a really well-written uh book i agree and um because you know, there have been times when Bruce does an interview where I go, wow, that wasn't very good. You know, I mean, he he laughs at his own jokes and sometimes I'm like, where are you going? But in this, I think it's a really clear voice. I I feel he throws in lyrics, but not <laughs> as not as shtick. It truly yeah, is yeah. just you know without the, he's using those phrases, yeah. um, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, and what I what I really like is you know this sort of visual geography that he has, especially early on when he's talking yeah. about freehold and when he when he when he when he goes out west for the first time, and and so much of that is worked into his music, and especially yeah. when I was when I was doing some research for this episode. And looking into those rarities and those early tracks, right. I, a lot of of his his journeys early on work themselves into into his rare songs or at least his earlier songs. Yeah, I agree with you, Jay. And I also, you know, there's that scene when um, after his parents have moved, because I think you've reached that where his parents have moved to California, yeah, and he's moving out of the house, you know, and he's on this couch that's on a truck and you know the imagery of like you know and yeah. i i've never yeah. lived there again yeah i know I, I i know that scene i actually read that uh, not that long ago and i and i stopped because it was such a it was, it was such a well-written scene it was like like you were reading bruce lyrics yeah is what it was like yeah yeah it was a beautiful scene and it and it it did seem like a song. It it seemed like a scene from a movie, yeah. and it it's you know stuck with me this high idea. Um, and it especially because our last episode we talked about 
getting over your childhood and, and trying to come to grips with your parents and your relationship. And we knew the book was going to be talking a little bit about that when we recorded this uh, yeah. last time. But I, I'm still – I don't know if surprised the right word, but I'm very happy how in-depth he's gone to this and has shared. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, again, 200 pages in, and uh, he's going out west for the second time. They right. haven't had a big break yet. Uh, he hasn't. He hasn't even written really any. He's right. written songs, but he's just getting into right. songwriting. So yeah, it's really in depth early on. I I find it fascinating because I, I mean I'm familiar with the area. Yeah. Uh, with the Freehold area, the Central Jersey area. So. Um, you know, uh, again, when he's explaining those early places, they're, they're places I've been, and it right. just it adds a, a level of of excitement for me, the reader. Good. Well, just in honor of you, I am wearing my Thunder Road lyric T-shirt. That's <laughs> I, I was wondering what that was. Yes, it is a. <laughs> I will post a picture of this. It is a keyboard, but it is made up of the lyrics to Thunder Road. Oh, fantastic! <clears throat> All right. Um, so as we talked about, um. I, I love talking to Jay so much. We're going to try to do this once a month in different topics. And this month's topic is obscure rarities, deep tracks. And so – and we kind of left it at that. We we said um, you know, we weren't going to do covers necessarily or we weren't going to do like a song he's only done once live you know, as a cover. Right. But this was stuff that he's released, or at least it's out there fairly common, and for us to kind of talk about it. Yeah. Now, what was your process, and how did you come up with your songs? Uh, uh, my process. Well, you know, I, I just started going through YouTube, and if you start typing in like – obscure Bruce songs, you will just start finding playlist after playlist. So uh, it was funny because I, I was reading Born to Run, and oftentimes as I was reading, I was playing these just rare tracks that were uploaded from um, on YouTube. They sounded like they were like recorded in, in somebody's basement, you know, right. back in like the early 70s. So the sound quality wasn't that good, but uh, it was it was just kind of cool. You're kind of like listening to history. So um, most of the songs that I have are are, are dated, uh, except for one is relatively new. Actually, yeah, eh, one and a half. I'll explain that later. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Um, so um, I did – what I did is I looked at um, – I knew some right away that I knew would be on the list. But what I did is I kind of looked at – his albums and kind of looked the list and then wrote down, yeah, this, 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 this. Um, you know, that didn't make my list was Meet Me in the City uh, from the newest box set. Um, but I really liked that song and it was like, I, I, that's a shame it didn't make, you know, an actual album. Right. Um, you know, but then he opened every show with it, so I don't know how obscure it is anymore. But so, um, well, I, I have something to say about that song later. <laughs> okay, good. So, um, I, I kind of at the last minute while we were waiting to talk, did a quick search through not um, the best 
um, kind of database, but I did at least some on the internet to say, uh, you know, like if you go, how many times has Bruce played these songs? You know, you've got a database. So I've I've got some songs that they tell me, you know, how many times he's played it live, which, right, yeah. you know, so um, so I'm going to ask you right away. And if yeah. I take one of yours, like, is Thundercrack um, eligible for, you know, rarity? Or yeah. even, okay. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, okay. I, it didn't make my list. It was it was on my, my longer okay. list. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would think so. It was one I considered. And how about The Wish? Uh, yeah, yeah, another one. Sure. Okay. Okay, because both of those made my list, but I didn't, you know, I, I had about 10 or 12, and then so I pushed it down, and I debated on, you know, like what, like The Wish, The Promise, you know, that such epic songs, you know, Thundercrack that was so new, you go, well, is that, I mean, if you're live in concert, you're going to be thrilled that you get that, but is it a true, you know, rarity? Right. So okay. um, that's a debate. Um, okay. So what, what I did is I said these are songs that the casual fan wouldn't know mm-hmm. and that I've always just loved hearing. And um, so if I was doing my – um, mixtape, like back in the day when you put it on cassettes, you know, yeah. these would be the obscure songs that I would want to have on there. Right. I, I kind of did the same thing, too. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay, good. All right. Uh, you want to go first? You want me to? Um, no, I'll, I'll go first. I don't okay. mind. Okay, good. Okay. All right. So um, I, I, I stumbled across this song a couple years ago, and I and actually um, on YouTube, uh, you know, I was – typed in Bruce Springsteen and, and eventually came across it. And I was just looking for something different, something that I'd never really heard of before. And it's a song that I've, I've listened to quite a lot over the years. The only version of it I can find is on, on YouTube. Um, he actually played a live version of this song in Trenton, New Jersey, which is right around the corner from where I live. Yeah. Uh, when he was on his Devils and Dust tour. And the song is Song for Orphans. Wow. Are you familiar with it? I am not. No. <laughs> wow, right uh, out of the gate. I'm yeah, stumping. you are stumping me. Yeah, I'm writing it down. Now, uh, so, what's the name of the song? Song for Orphans. Okay. Uh, it's it's a fantastic song. The You will find a really nice quality version of it on YouTube. Uh, there is a live version from when he performed it in Trenton. From what I believe, it was only performed twice. He only performed it twice. Uh, it, it is a, it, it is such a, a, it's an early song, obviously. Um, it's such a cool mix of like his storytelling, but also like there's this Dylan-esque voice in there too that I, that I really like. And the song itself I really think it captures this idea of journey that he was so much about in so much of his music and still is. And as I was reading Born and Born to Run, especially about when he goes out west for the first time, um, there's a lot of that in this song. Uh, there's a lot of like Western imagery. He talks about like the desert. And he talks about California in this song. Uh, 
but he also talks about the, I have some of the words from the song identified here on my paper. He uses words like babies and brats and uh, aimless, quietless, renegades, strays, refugees, abandons. The song itself is, is called Song for Orphans. And so it really is just about sort of being lost out, out in this kind of unknown world. And I, I thought that was a lot of what was going on in his early life. You know, he's 18, 19 years old, trying to break out of central New Jersey and trying to figure out who he is. I don't know if you ever read like Jack Kerouac's On the Road, but uh, there's a lot of that sort of free-spirited imagery that, that runs pretty deep in this song. Uh, the, the song itself is – it's slow. It's a slow song, and there's times where it's kind of like – you really have to kind of strain to figure out what he's saying. But when you look at the lyrics and you listen to it, it, it does paint just a beautiful picture. And I, I really like this song. I think it's fantastic. I will have to check it out. Really nice. Boy, you just setting the bar, as always, <laughs> up really strong. I, mean, I thought you would have – you've known this song. You know? Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. At the, at the beginning of the song, he says um, – he says, a sign, I saw a sign, Hollywood or bust. And, you know, that's what he was trying to do early on in his career. Is yeah. Try to get out of, out of you know, the, the dead town of Freehold, New Jersey and, and, mm-hmm. and become famous. So really great song. Definitely check it out. Okay, I will. Um, mine is um, has when I was on E Street Radio doing my um, – you know, five songs for Be the Boss. Um, this is uh, from Tracks, Linda Let Me Be the One. Okay. Um, specifically because my wife's name is Linda. Right. And um, I, I just, I, I, I love the kind of, there's not necessarily a sense of romance to it, but there is just this kind of sadness and um, the whole, this yearning that he shares and um he does not play it i i I know he's played it live at least once but it's not something he plays very often and uh, so uh for sentimental reasons um i would pick that one nice nice i i've i've heard that song before i it's kind of kind of lost in my mind right now but I, i am familiar with it yeah and uh what i may do is um I may pull clips of this as you know as we talk and play a little bit of that in uh, right. when I do the mix. That'd be good. Yeah, okay. yeah, definitely. Good. Um, my next one was one that you already mentioned. Uh, okay. Meet me in the city. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that. Like he opened up this river tour with that song uh, for the first leg of it, and then he went to Europe, and then he changed his set list up, and then he came back. Yeah, and he didn't. He didn't play that song at all. I, when I saw him in Philadelphia, he didn't play it. Right. Uh, and I'm, oh, you know, not, not that I was disappointed, but I would have liked to to have heard that song. Yeah. Um, I I I I I like that song because it's like it's classic E Street. It is. It is hearty. It is energetic. Uh, there's a certain like bravado and spirit about it that I think is is really cool. And like it captures like all the all the sounds, all the quintessential sounds of, of E Street. There's that sax solo in there, and uh, you know what? What I think is cool is that he opened up this this latest tour with that song, and and Bruce is he's what 67 years old now, 
And, uh, you know, the song is about just running, you know, running to the city and, and being alive. And it's a song that, you know, he wrote on while he was writing The River. He was a much younger man then. But even hearing him play it now, he plays it with like such energy and aliveness that it's 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 really like an infectious sort of song. You can't help not like tap your toes when you hear that song. Yeah, you know, I and it's a perfect song to start a show with, Um, you know, when he's. They come out and they, you know, and it's it's energetic, it's fast, and then you kind of have that almost classic E Street Band bridge where it kind of brings down, you know, like on Born to Run where you kind of change and then you bring it up another gear, mm-hmm. and it, you know, and it, you know, he's Good evening, you know, Louisville. We are right. so, you know, in the bands in the background. We are so glad to be in your lovely city tonight. You know, and, and he kind of talks about that. You know, we're gonna take you to the river, and you know, yeah. and, and and then all of a sudden they go into that end, and it's just powerful. And um, I, I agree, it is a wonderful song, and um, I hope they're not tired of it because I think it's a good song to to make the rotation. Yeah, I, I was I was pumped to, to hear that, to hear it live, and then I and it wasn't there. And mm-hmm. um, again, not that I was disappointed because I I, do, yeah. I really didn't appreciate the show. Right. But you're right; it's just it's it's like a it's like a stadium type of song that that especially like the refrain at the end. Yeah. Um, if you can holler and say all right, I mean it's just it, it's it's classic E Street, and it was it was cool to see that that song came out like so many years after born to run came out right like they still have it you know <laughs> after all these years yeah and you're right that if you can hear me then say all right all right you know and just you can do that over and over again is um just a really well done so great yeah. great choice um so i picked a sappy one for my next one um you know I really am a fan of Drive All Night and that slow. Um, and so back in your arms from tracks. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I just love that because it it captures the mood. And, you know, he talks about that when he's done it live on a couple of the downloads. He'll talk about have you ever really, you know, messed up? Have yeah. You know, and what do you do? And it does have that. And, and it, what reminds me of is that there are times when my life has kicked me in the butt. You know, I have come home where, you know, whatever cliche you want to do, you know, I'm the fire hydrant and all my f- friends are dogs. I mean, you just have had in that day where nothing has gone right and you just feel and you come to this family be it your bride or like with you with the young kids and that comfort that the image of me is getting into that where you're really tired and you get into that you know bed and it's soft and it's warm and you're safe and and that when he sings that song to me i get that image and so that's one that i just it it touches me because I have had those days, and I think everyone has that days. And the idea of just if I could just be back in your arms again, everything would be okay. 
Yeah, yeah. It's cool now thinking about like our songs here. We have such a kind of eclectic mix. We've just gone from, you know, the, the stadium rocking right in the city to back in your arms, you know. Yeah. But but that's that's you know that's the range of his music. It is. It is really, uh, and and also, you know what, the diversity of coming from, you know, I like this show the you know the latest tour you know when he played he did so many songs from his first few albums you know and that classic fans were just thrilled that we were getting this and yeah. you know and i'm like man if he had done some pulled some songs like uh you know from a couple other albums you know i would love that to yeah. and to talk yeah. about it so yeah okay all right, next up for me, um, obviously I'm, I'm a fan of, of storytelling, and it's one of the reasons why I'm attracted to, to Springsteen is just his ability to uh, you know, paint this beautiful image uh, and pictures and, and tell a very complicated story in you know three to four minutes uh, is something that I always admire. And uh, I've loved this song for a really long time. It's from the Tracks album. It's Zero and Blind Terry. Are you familiar with it? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, good I song. I, yeah. You no, were no, silent. No. I thought. No, no, no. I was just listening. Yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so Zero and Blind Terry, uh, it's just, you know, it begins with the skulls and the pythons uh, met down at the First Street Station. And it's, uh, you know, it's about these two sort of warring gangs and mm-hmm. how Zero is, is sort of, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Terry is, is sort of trapped in all of this. Uh, but but what I love about it is that I'm not I'm not I don't know what year he wrote this and I probably should have looked it up. Uh, but it was early on, and again, there's a lot of like roots of of like jungle land in this in this song, mm-hmm. and you can see as as the years progressed and his storytelling became a little bit more um, more fluid. You could see how this song, I, I really think has a lot of, of roots for a lot of the other sort of epic storytelling songs yeah. that he, uh, that he created over the years. And, you know, th- there's again, like with, with these songs, um, there's so many themes that cross over, uh, through all of his albums. Uh, and especially in zero and blind Terry, there's this this sort of attractness to the darkness, you know, shall we say the darkness on the on the edge of town, right? That that, that Bruce himself was enamored by, uh, and that whole like defiance of authority, we have that running really deep in this song. Um, I I just like it. It's a, it's a cool song. It's a cool story. Uh, just kind of like how Thunder Road is, mm-hmm. and uh, some really really like cool images in here. Uh, I have this this underline on my notes here. And this was a line that if you listen to it, there's – I could not figure out what he was saying. I could okay. not figure it out. I had to go to the lyrics. But the line is, uh, now Snow White Troopers from the Council of Crime rode silver foxes through Terry's field. And uh, if you hear him sing it, you can't understand what he says. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but, it, but it, is, it is just this, like, this neat image of um, you know this father kind of – trying to win his son back and his son being attracted to to you know to to the darkness on the edge of town so yeah really a great song um you know a classic and you know there's there's something about tracks and you know um a lot of my things 
came from tracks as well because you know what a gift that you just give all these you know songs that have just been in your catalog and you throw them out there so ooh, nice pick so i cheated on my next one okay. because in a lot of ways i think these two are kind of the same song um from the Bud brothers ep without you okay. you know monday and then yeah. ain't yeah. good enough for you okay are both kind of you know if born in the uh born in the usa is a very power ballad with a very serious subject these are both i'm i'm not doing well but i'm just don't give a damn and i'm and they're happy you know this this almost pop song like ain't good enough for you is just when i got that from you know the box set the promise box set and it just like you know i i'm not good enough for you you keep trying to change me and and then without you kind of this whole you know i going through the days of the week they both are really happy pop songs dealing about not you know not having the love of your life right and I don't even know if it's really the love of your life. It's just a girlfriend, you know, and I'm going to be okay without you, but I'm going to just a little sad. So in a lot of ways, I think they're the same song, just a little bit different. So I bunched them together. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. You know, for me, um, I guess, I guess the poppy songs, it, it, I have to, I really have to be in the mood for them. Right. <laughs> You know, I kind of like, I guess, like a fine wine, you know, you kind of have to be in the mood for them. Like Dancing in the Dark is um, obviously wouldn't make this list, but it's one that I don't necessarily need in my life. Right. You know, yeah. So. Now, I'm going to take us off track a little bit. Do you get tired of hearing Glory Days? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Okay, okay. A little bit, yeah. I, I mean, it's phenomenal in concert. Yeah. I, I really I, – I do like it in concert. But, yeah, Glory Days is one of those that okay. I, I'm okay with. How about okay. you? Well, I, I tend to – I smile every time I hear it. You okay. know, I, I tend to um, – Dancing in the Dark, I actually think is a lot more – there's a lot of depth in that song. That there, there is, yeah. That is yeah. is highlighted by the, you know, poppy, you know, and, and the massive overplaying. Um, you know, and now you have the whole, um, you know, him, the different shticks of people coming on stage and dancing with him. Um, and I do think <laughs> I have a theory that Jake is going, okay, Bruce, pick someone, you know, I'm kind of tired of just <laughs> doing this saxophone solo yeah, over and yeah, over yeah. again while you're going, picking up someone, you're getting them on stage. <laughs> oh, now you're going to get someone for Susie. And I just got to <laughs> keep the saxophone solo going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Um, so, um, yeah. And I do think um, this is very consistent of ours. Um, you have a lot of deep songs and I just have fun <laughs> songs. So this is, you know, um, uh, Mr. Walt Disney, yeah, right. and, you know, Mr. Archie comic books and you are Frank Miller's dark Knight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's just funny. Cause, um, you know, I, I, I was 
getting ready for this and I was like looking at lyrics and I mean that that's just how I go about it now. I, I yeah. guess it's it's you know the English teacher in me and my wife said something kind of jokingly like don't you ever get tired of just picking apart like words like no for me it's it's fun i don't know why i i I just don't know why i just get a real kick out of it you know jay i have a good friend um tom zoller who um has done several comic books love and capes and long distance and he is one of my dearest friends and he was dating a wonderful lady once and him and his best friend Mike were after, and they were just – they'd gone to a movie, and Mike and him were just dissecting the movie about yeah. what they like, what they didn't like, what worked. And um, Tom's girlfriend at the time says, can't you just watch the movie, and now let's eat pizza? And and yeah. both Tom and Mike looked at her like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean no. that was part of the joy of them is just this whole – you know. so I, I, I get it, and I understand that. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. just how my brain works. Yes, I, I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, is it my turn? Yes, it is. Right, well, I, I couldn't do this show without this song, um, "The Promise." I, I have to put this on the list. Uh, just obviously, you know my affinity for for Thunder Road. Yeah, and you know the promise is sort of a follow up to that. Um, you know, and it's funny, you know, we, we had this conversation about did Mary did Mary get in the car? Did she right. go? Uh, and there's a line in this song that made me think um, about Mary, even though Mary's name is not mentioned in yeah. the song. In the middle of the song, he says, Thunder Road, oh, baby, you were so right. And the 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 song itself is I mean, it's it's a sad song. Uh, you know, he's talking about selling his car or that he sold his car uh when promises are broken you you cash in a few of your dreams you go on living and you know i i gotta believe oh baby you were so right you know i gotta i in my mind i think that's mary right you know, going back to her and you know maybe maybe she didn't get in the car and she said i'm not going and you know you're gonna fail or you're not gonna make it or something like that right and again this pessimistic side of me um, but, uh, you know, a, a very beautiful song. And, and another line that I love is, um, he says inside, I felt like I was carrying the broken spirits of all the others who were lost. And I think if you, if you read born to run and you look at again, where I'm at the first 200 pages, he, he, he was, and he has always been doing that, uh, like carrying people, obviously metaphorically. But sort of he was chased down his dream so others could could live their dream. And I go back to uh, the show that he played in Philadelphia that I saw, and he brought up uh, this college kid to to play um, No Surrender with him. Right. And I mean, you, you know, and, and he and, and, and this wasn't just something that he does. He did once. He does it all the time. Right. But you think about how many sort of dreams he 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 allowed to happen. Right. By being himself and taking people on this journey with him is you know why i have so much respect for him you know in in a lot of ways a lot of people have said the promise is the other side of thunder road but what i thought of especially after our discussion is the promise is a story of making 
bad decisions. Yeah. You know, you know, we the Thunder Road as you so eloquently talked about is a song about we need to we have a choice. Yeah. And you can't always tell if it's a choice is a good choice or a bad choice. It's just a choice. And but it feels like in the promise you know, I got a job down in Darlington. Some nights I don't go. Some mm-hmm. nights I go to the drive-in, and some nights I just stay home. Right. You know, right. it is a I'm making a decision to not go to work because I don't care about the consequences. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I. I you know, the song obviously has a way different tone to to Thunder Road. Uh, he he says in that song, uh, when the promise is broken, you still on, you still go on living, but it steals something down in your soul. Uh, like when the truth is spoken, it don't make no difference. Something in your heart go, uh, turns cold. Y- y- you know, Thunder Road is like bursting with aliveness. And, and yes. I know we talked about the end of that song. Did she actually get in the car? Uh, but but it's just it's a triumphant sort of defiant song. Yes. And the promise is I just picture – our protagonist in Thunder Road pulls out of town. Remember, he's pulling out of town to win. Remember, and yeah. it's not necessarily a song about winning, right? It's a song about losing and and you know chasing down a dream, but that dream didn't you didn't you bring you happiness? And you know Springsteen has he's talked about it too. I mean, you look at like his re- recent revelations about um, about his deal bouts with depression and. In, in in the promise, he, he actually says, uh, I, I uh, what does he say? I won it. I, I won big once, and I hit the coast. Uh, oh, but now I've paid the cost. And with with success and with choices, as we were saying uh, last last uh, uh, episode, comes consequences. Yes. Now it's like the promises. He's living with the consequences. In in Thunder Road, there were no consequences. And the promise, there are, and he has to live with the fallout. You know, all my life I've fought that fight, the fight that you just can't win. Every day it just gets harder to live the dream you're believing in. You know, whether it's the American dream or, you know, this the dream of a happy marriage and raising kids and, you know, having a home and, and a career. And and it is, you know... This person needs to be back in their their lover's arms. Um, yeah. And there are times when this pain that he is sharing in this song is so beautiful. Oh, you know, yeah. It yeah. is just – there are times when um, – I don't know if you've seen um, the HBO show Wit based on the – um, you know, based on the play, and uh, it it's about a woman, you know, fighting cancer and dies of cancer, and it is a sad, sad movie, but it is so beautiful of watching that experience and how she's going through it, and it there are times when you ex- art lets you experience that with you out necessarily having to go through it or it brings you to that moment where you lived a secret you should have kept to yourself but i got drunk one night and told it right right yeah, yeah th- there's 
the, uh, we I think we talked about this with Thunder Road. There's there's a cinematic quality to that song. Yes, that you can you can see it. Uh, I think I think I explained it like that song very similar to like Robert Frost's poem uh, "The Road Not Taken." It, you're like a traveler in, yes. in that song, and the promise does something very similar. It it is very cinematic. Yes. but it's it's heartbreaking. <laughs> you know, yeah, it really is. But it's such a it's a it's a beautiful song, and you know the promise is it's funny because, you know I I spend most of my days with young adults uh, teaching young adults, and they have the bravado they walk with the bravado they talk yes. with the bravado that you have in Thunder Road, and yet when I leave work and I come home and I deal with, you know adult life shall we say yes. Um, it's unfortunate, but I, I know adults in my life who are now sort of living the promise. Yes. You know, the, the 17-year-old kids are living Thunder Road. Yeah. The 45-year-old people are living the promise, you know. Yeah, I mean, because when you are 17, and it's the way it should be, you should be optimistic. You should think that you're pulling out of here to win. Right. You know, because, um, you know, and, and I'm I'm oversimplifying. I know there is many... 17-year-olds that have had a tough life and they've already shown, you know, a lot of character and they've already grown up because mm-hmm. of circumstances. But in generally speaking, you know, you've kind of been in a bubble. You're we talked about this too. And yes, if you guys have not listened to this episode, we're sorry <laughs> we keep bringing it up, but you know, where you haven't had to make decisions, you haven't had to make these choices. Your parents have made it for you, and now then, um, you know it's the old joke. You, you know, you were you were born on third base, and you thought you hit a triple. You know, it, it's yeah. Um, oh, beautiful choice. Man, I, now I feel bad. Man, mine just. <laughs> wow, you shame me all the time, man. That's what you do, Jay. You're not, you're not gonna, I'm in a Hall of Fame, man. This yeah, is what I, yeah, that's you have it. To do, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, and and I think you know what's very, you know, I pick songs that made me think from my heart, and so um, and so I picked Lions Den as my next one from Tracks. Um, because I live and breathe because I loved that. People you know, I love the song. I love the idea that I'm in. You know, I'm Daniel waiting in the lion's den. I'm waiting for these bad things to happen, but that's okay. Um, so uh, I think also it it brings back my and my next song will too. My Southern Baptist raising. You know, I converted I converted to Catholicism when I married Linda. But I, you know, I spent all my formative years in in a Southern Baptist church where you went to, you know, Bible school and you just vacation Bible school and you had all these stories. And so the first off, I think it's hilarious that he's mentioning Daniel and the lion's den in a in a song, and then just I can remember that image of them doing that. So um, that's an obscure song that I, I just enjoy and I love hearing it. Yeah, no, that that I haven't heard that song in years, man. Uh, it's a good song, definitely is. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like a lot of these songs now, I got, especially the ones that you've you've mentioned, I got I got to go back and listen to them. Yeah. So I'm gonna skip because I'm gonna let you go last. Um, so in that biblical term, um, I love um, from High Hopes 
this is your sword. Okay. Um, and I think it's because deep down I'm a frustrated either stand-up comedian or Southern Baptist preacher. Um, you know, I just I, – I love the brothers and sisters listen to me. These are the few things that I leave to thee, a sword of our fathers with lessons hard taught, a shield strong and sturdy from battles well fought. This is your sword. This is your shield. This is the power of love revealed. Carry them with you wherever you go and give all the love that you have in your soul. Hmm. You know, that's that's a testimony. That yeah. is saying, you know, that your love is your heart and it's you're going to, you know, the power of love is what's going to get you through this, through the hard times and the things. And, um, so I know I, a lot of you know fans do not think of High Hopes. You know it's kind of a afterthought. You know a rarities album and thing. But I just love and this is one of my just favorite songs because it, the the lesson of hope and the lesson of it's almost a homily of this is how you should get through your life and how to use this. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, again, that song. Uh, man, it's been a while. Yeah. So I, as you're talking, I'm trying try to think yeah. of that song in my head. Yeah. And you know, and like one of the other verses is at times there are dark. Dark must cover the earth. This world's filled with the beauty of God's work. Hold tight to your bronze. Stay righteous. Stay strong. When the days of miracle will come along. Yeah. You know, so it. It things are going to be tough, but you know if we have each other and if we keep the faith, we're going to make it. And I guess that's my philosophy in a very quick terms. Yeah, and you know what? Um, and, and you probably you've probably heard Springsteen talk about this. Uh, he wrote about it in, in Born to Run. Um, his Catholic upbringing. Yes. And and you know I once heard him say you know once you're Catholic you never go back. Right. And, you know, that that imagery that gets pressed upon you when you are young and impressionable and you are being raised in a, in a right. church that, yeah, it, it doesn't go away. It's no. always there, you know, forever. And and you can see that and that, you know, his his uh, interactions with the church uh, have have always have always worked its way into his songs. Yes. Um you know, what, one of my favorite songs, and I, I wouldn't count this as a rarity because it's a track uh, on a, on a, on an album, is uh, Jesus Was an Only Son. Yes. Which is just an absolutely brilliant song. Brilliant song. Um, and, and obviously it's a, it's about Jesus' kind of final walk to to his ultimate death. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're talking about doing story songs, and I will tell you that will make my list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yes, it is a it is a beautiful song, and you know, as I was lucky enough to see him on the Devils and Dust, uh, but also as you talked earlier, that songwriter uh, thing where he talked about, you know, it's 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 the choices, right? It's it's the struggles we make, and the choices make an absolutely beautiful song. I, I agree, yeah. and it's wonderful you know i'll end the other thing that really means a lot to me in this song is you know 
This shield will protect your secret heart. The sword will defend from what comes in the dark. Should you grow weary on the battlefield, well, do not despair. Our love is real. Mm-hmm. And and I guess, you know, at times, Jay, even though I'm an optimist, I, I, I you have that, you know, the world beats you down. Yeah. You know, and, and, and sometimes you need that, you know, whether it's, you know, a, a song to feel depressed on or, you know, a song that just says, hey, it, it's OK, it's going to be there. Yeah. So um, that's kind of my deal. Cool. So, all right. How about you? What's your big one? All right. We're going to take it home here. Um, so this is one that is actually a hidden track. OK. On the Magic album. Yes. All right. You know where I'm going with this? Yes, it does. And that it almost it was almost my top pick. Um, yeah. I, you know what? When when you came to me with this idea, I was like, I, I knew right away that this was my top song because, uh, you know, there's obviously much more popular and famous songs that get really uh, top billing when you're starting to put together a list. Yeah. But this song is every time I listen to this song, I you know I I just I get chills, you know, and and I'm being very honest, you know, when you hear a song for the first time, especially if there's, you know, it's a song that just strikes a chord with you. It, there's a certain weight and gravity to the to the song itself and to the music that it just it hits you very in a very, very deep and personal and profound place. And the song I'm alluding to is Terry's song, which is a hidden track on the magic album. Uh, I think, I think, um, I believe the last song on that album is devil's arcade. And, uh, you have to go a few minutes after that song to, to hear Terry's song. Right. But T- Terry's song was, was a song Springsteen wrote for his longtime manager, Terry McGovern. And, um, uh, you know, the song, there's a line in there that, that I always think about, um, even when I'm not listening to the song, but it's just something that sort of I've carried with me. Uh, and the line is, but, uh, love is a power that's greater than death, just like the songs and stories told. And this is a this is a testament to the the, the power of storytelling, uh, to the power of music. I mean, his 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 longtime friend died, and what did he do? He wrote a song about it. Yeah. And you know, the song memorializes his friend, but it speaks so much about about life, and it talks about and it speaks so much about why we tell stories, and why songs and music are important. And I mean, this is a song I could just listen to over and over again. Um, he says in there, uh, they say you can't take it with you, but I think that they're wrong because all I know, I woke up this morning and something big was gone. Um, it's beautiful. It is. And, you know, um, it. I have a friend who made the joke that um, – uh, whatever song um, I'm drawing a blank around now, but you know, um, Bruce wrote a song for Danny and you know Clarence. But if you're like, do you gotta go? I didn't get Terry's song. I, you know, this is one of the greatest songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And he and he concludes that song with um, that that uh, there's a power, there's an attitude, a power that's stronger than death, alive and burning. Uh, it's, you know, 
we don't need to go into it. I mean, I think I explained it like on my first – the first time I was on this episode, like some of the personal stuff that I went through um, yeah. a couple of years ago. And <clears throat> it's something that I've come to I've, – I've, I've dealt with um, kind of head on. Yeah. But it's something that I've come to really believe that you know, to overcome things such as death, uh, we have to tell stories and that, that our life is bigger than, than we think it is. Yes. Um, and, 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 you know, we leave many ripples and, and we have such, we have such a power that we are oftentimes unaware of. And I think this song just sort of just taps into that, that, um, even, I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know Terry, obviously, but, this song is 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 universal, and it's just saying, "Look, man, um, we all have a great power in us, and we touch many lives, many many lives that we're like unaware of." You know, yes. It's you know, it's funny. Like for me, being a teacher, I, I, <laughs> it's it, it's ironic we're having this conversation today. So I actually got an email this morning from a student who's at Ohio State that I talked a couple uh, taught a couple years ago, and she just wanted to check in and say hi, and she she shared to me a piece of advice that I gave her three years ago that I have long forgotten, and she shared it with me. And she's like, I just want to thank you for sharing this with me. And I kind of was like, I forgot I said that, you know. Uh, and you, you don't really realize the the power that you hold. And I think this song just captures that, that your your life, your physical life may end, but your spirit will will reign. And that's why I, I got to put it as my number one. Uh, just a great choice. Um, it was on my list, and I, 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 when we were, when we were talking, and I originally had without you and ain't good enough is separate. And I, when I put them together, I said I'm gonna need another song, and I wrote Terry's song, and then I said no, 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 I want to do this as your sword. So that's how close it came. Okay. Um, to being that. Um, I also – I love that you brought that up about the stories because um, when you lose someone – and I've lost um, I've lost parents and grandparents and I've lost a really good friend of mine way too young. Um, and you know, you tell the stories about their life and right if – as long, you know, if 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 you're here and we're here, they're here. Right. Um, and you know, this when you t when I talk about Rick, and I share the stories of him, you know, my son had bought his first new car, and we were at a party for my wife's birthday, and. Um, Chris said, oh, Rick, Rick, I want to show you. And so he went out in the garage. He wanted to show. He was so proud of his new car. And Rick's like, that's what is? I thought we were coming out here to smoke a joint. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I thought you had some pot out here. <laughs> oh, and Chris tells that story all the time, that that fool. And, you know, and it's – it is that we are stories, and, and it is – you know, by telling these stories, the people stay alive and and they they feel part of your life. And how cool that Bruce talked about this. And you know, I always love the line: "I know you'll take comfort in knowing you've been roundly blessed and cursed." Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. 
because I'm not going to make you a saint just right. because you're gone. Right. I am going to curse you the time you did this or whatever then. And it's it's absolutely a beautiful song and um it you I I am admire creative people who can take the their pain or their stories and share it whether it be in song or a short story. Mm. Um so well done. Great job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I it, it, the song always reminds me of something that one of my probably my favorite author Tim O'Brien. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of him. He wrote the things they carried, which is just a, a brilliant novel. Uh, and he wrote in there um, a line that that you know really drives me. And the line is really simple. It says, "Stories are forever. Uh, once you're alive, you're never really dead." And you know. That's what music is, and that's what storytelling is. It's, you know, uh, Terry is very much alive for the three minutes of this song, and it just memorializes uh, those who have passed. It's what you do, you know, with your friend, Rick. You're telling the story, and when you're telling his story, for just that brief window, he's he's very much alive. And, it, you know, you think about when, when we – I hate to end on this note, you know, we're talking about funerals and death and everything, yeah. but, but when you, when you do come across that, I mean, when you go to a funeral, what do people do? They stand around and tell stories about the yes. person who passed and it's a way for, for it's, it's, it's a, it's a form of comfort. You know, and the funerals that you love the most, and, and yes, you are, is when <laughs> you have someone whether it's the priest or the preacher or just someone giving the eulogy that is telling real stories about the person. Yeah. And that is – and you're right because, you know, stories live forever and because of that, people live forever. Yeah. Um, thank you, Jay. This was great as always. I did want to spend a few minutes, and I'm springing you on this. You just finished or you're in the process of giving this wonderful story – about you as a father and a little bit of a crisis. Yeah. And yeah. this has been so amazing. Thank you. Such a beautiful story. Thank you. And um and as I mentioned, you had a little princess bride twist in there that was really good. <laughs> uh and I'm going to turn this over to you, but you know, the thing I was thinking of is there, you know, both in the book and the movie, the grandfather you know, stops reading and looks at the sun and says, it, they're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. you look like you're getting a little worried, so I want to tell you everything's okay. <laughs> yeah. And do yeah. um, you want to share a little bit about? Yeah. Um, so the story is entitled A Hard Story to Tell, and it recounts uh, probably the most unnerving moment of my life. Um, I came home from work one day, just sort of a nondescript, uh, you know, Wednesday, uh, my wife was in the kitchen baking cupcakes. It was June. Um, the next day was my son, who at the time was was uh, three years old. It was his uh, last day of school. He has a June birthday, so they were celebrating all the summer birthdays on the last day. She was baking cupcakes for that day. Uh, I walked into the house. It was it was a really humid June day, just a nasty, you know, Pennsylvania humidity. Uh, kind of lingering in the air 
and I came into the house and my wife was baking cupcakes and, you know, kind of the old like suburban cliche, you know, hi, dear, how you doing? You know, have a good day. And uh, her and I were just having this little conversation and my two children were out in the in the living room and I kind of waved to them and they were busy eating lollipops and watching TV. And uh, all of a sudden, my, my son came kind of walking at me through the hallway and into the kitchen, like kind of like a zombie with his hands kind of stretched out before him. And his mouth was just sprung wide open, like as if it was, you know, trying to unhinge itself. And um, my wife looked at him and said, oh, my God, uh, he's choking. And um, I- I'm not going to tell the rest of the story because I, I, you could go check out the rest of it. Yes. Uh, but um, I tried to write that story many times over, um, and I don't think I did a, a good job with it until recently. Uh, I tried to write it in poetic form, uh, and I just I just couldn't capture it. I just don't think I was good enough to write it. Uh, and now that 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 I write daily, and 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 now the, you know, my my writing is is what I take very seriously. Um, I, I think I was able to do it do a do a pretty good job with it. And uh, I I cannot urge you enough to go. Um, Jay's going to share in a minute his website, and I will put it in the show notes as always. Um, but your son's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We want to um, give away that. <laughs> you know that that was that was the trick of telling the story because on on my blog I, I share so much about my children and my life, yeah. uh, and there's pictures of them on there. So. I, you know, my son was okay, and and I and, and you're right with that whole Princess Bride thing. I knew that I had to inform the audience that he was going to be okay, and at the same time, I had to hold their attention. Right. So you know, like I, I he's going to be okay. It's 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 a hard story to tell. It's going to turn out okay in the end, but I'm going to do my best to hold your attention, and 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 that's. You know, that's what I tried to do, and uh, when I sat down to write it, I, I had really had no idea how long it was going to take, and then eventually it took me three parts to write it, and uh, each part is roughly about like 750 words or so. So um, uh, it was one of those projects that I was like, you know what? I'm doing this. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it was funny, Jesse. I wrote part one, and then I was like, oh, crap. I got to write a second part. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it, I, there was such a release when I when I when I when I published part one that I was like you know it was such a great feeling yeah and then there was that immediate sinking feeling in my chest um, because I, I you know a couple people contacted me and were like oh my god I can't wait till next Friday and then I was like oh crap I got I got <laughs> to write part two and then yeah. and it was like well I, now I got to write part three and. I had really had no idea how many parts it was going to be right. uh, when I started. I really didn't. It wasn't until I, I started getting into it that I figured, okay, I can do this in three parts. But the um, the challenge was just keeping the energy up for three right. parts. Yeah. You know? Well, well done. I, I loved it, and I thank always you. love reading what you're writing, and so thank you. Um, Jay, tell us how they can find you and uh, read your writings and contact you. To uh, sure. talk about um, zero and blind Terry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my website is uh, writeonfighton.org. That's W R I T E 
uh, rightonfighton.org. You can find me on Facebook, uh, rightonfighton at Facebook, and also on Twitter, rightonfighton uh, at Twitter. You can find me. So I'm out there. Yes. I'd and love, I'd love to hear from everybody. Yeah, Jay, thank you so much. This is truly – I love every time we get a chance to talk and – you know, catching up with you and and kind of sharing the different stories, and so we we will do this again. We'll pick up another topic in about a month. We'll visit again. This is I, I am so happy when you said, "Oh yeah, I'd be a regular contributor." So that's great. <laughs> well, I, I'm in the Hall of Fame, man. Do I get like a plaque or something? Well, or I will you? tell you what I'm trying to do. I I actually have reached out to my the guy who runs our podcast network, and I said, you know. We have the Set Lusting Bruce page on your website that I don't do anything with. Um, I said it's just where you can go to get the latest episode. I said I want to get any person who's been on the podcast three or more times to make a Set Lusting Bruce Hall of Fame, you know, page. And you know, they could post the page, and then you could have, you know, list their episodes. And also, I was going to give. Um, you and Allie and a few other people have been on this to say, you know, write a little bit about, you know, your feelings about being on the podcast and other things I thought would be pretty interesting. So, cool. Cool. Very cool. yeah, so that's what that's ultimately what we're going to try to do. So, All right. Yeah. Sounds All right. Good, man. All right. Well, thank you, uh, listeners. Thank you. If you want to be on the podcast and talk about Bruce Springsteen, whether it's his hits uh, tell us why you love Dancing in the Dark. That would make a great episode. Um, you know, uh, Cyrus was on a few episodes ago, and he talked how much he loved Waiting on a Sunny Day. Okay. And it All was right. he, he talked about his daughter, and it was uh, that she had passed, and it was a happy moment with him. And so um, not losing his daughter, but the song. And uh, so, yeah, tell me why, you know, you want to hear Dancing in the Dark or – Glory days. We we got no problem with that. Hey, I'll even take it if you want to tell me how good Jersey Devil is. So that <laughs> right? would take some convincing. Um, send it to setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page, setlustingbruce. And I am on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW and at setlustingbruce. Um, hey, Jay, go. Uh, thanks for staying up late with me. Uh, you know, you got Friday as we're recording this. You got almost the weekend. So thank you, my brother. I appreciate you, and we'll talk to everyone else soon. Definitely. Thanks, Jesse, for having me. I really, I really like the last show. I think that went really well. I listened to it all the way again. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did too. And I, I really liked how it came across. And um, yeah, in you know, I have a Kindle for his autobiography, and in one of the lines, he said, "We're pulling out here to win." And I was like, "Send this to Jay. Send this to Jay." <laughs> That's funny, and you know, you know what? Um, after after we did that, I, I was listening just to to, uh, to music, and you know, you know the version of that that he does on that live 
uh, Storytellers. It came out a while ago. Yeah. Well, I, I listened to it very closely, and he does say we're pulling out of here to win. Yes. So, but if you go back to the original lyrics, it's I'm pulling out of here. So, again, more more fodder for discussion. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 